Welcome to the Styano Plastic Surgery Podcast with plastic surgeon JJ Styano, the only plastic surgeon in the UK who owns a clinic specializing in breast and body contouring. We're on. This is happening. This is live. And I am here, and I'm live. Ivan Direct coming at you. It's a little bit late uh, than advertised, and I'm sorry about that. This is a live Q&A with yours truly, Jonathan Stiano, celebrity, plastic surgeon, YouTuber, internet sensation, you name it. I am the man. So I've got some questions here. but uh, I'm going to promote, I think I've, uh, I hope I've gained enough uh, traction to start promoting things on my Facebook Live. So I'm going to promote my podcast, which is actually the podcast of the Facebook Live. So it's not really promoting is that promotion. Anyway, I got, got the podcast. I think it's on iTunes. It, <laughs> iTunes is definitely, I hope the audio is okay. The audio is working. I don't fact, I know where the audio is working, so I've checked it. Um, so the, the the podcast of these Facebook lives are on you, uh, uh, the SoundCloud and also pod, uh, iTunes. So I think you search for Styano Clinic if you're that sort of person. And the other thing I'd like to promote is the YouTube channel. The YouTube I wish I put that in capitals now. Actually, the YouTube channel is something I'm trying to promote. And uh, we split up these Facebook Live questions and put them on YouTube. But we also do a daily vlog. Now it's not quite daily. Um, I'm doing one now. Um, that's this. I'm doing dual cameras, um, and uh, I've just been videoing the surgery that I've done today. Although I'm not quite sure how it's going to come out because it's a bit glary with the lighting and stuff. But I've um, done some cases today, so we videoed those. So they're going to go on the vlog. I want it to be daily vlog, but uh, it's it's a day in the life of. But we're not doing it every day. But. Uh, uh, the goal is to, you know, make it regular. Well, it is regular. So go on YouTube and find that. So uh, yeah, that's it. That's my shameless self-promotion. Jade, good evening. Nice to see you here tonight. Hope it's not too late. <clears throat> uh, I know it's getting on for my bedtime. I don't know about yours. I've uh, got a few questions here. And if anyone's got any questions, chip in by all means. And I will be very happy to uh, answer them. So we've got a question here. Quite a lengthy one. I've shortened it. Excuse me, my trousers feel like that. Um, to saying laser removal of scars. Uh, here we go. This is the question. I have multiple scars on my body, and this has really affected my self-confidence to where I'm con- coming to the point of considering laser scar removal. My scarring is really dark. I also have significant lesions of hyperpigmentation. My scarring is around my legs, back, right side of stomach. I suffer from mixed connective tissue disease. I see my consultants often, and they have seen my scars. They believe due to meds, my body can get easily bruised, but I don't think they see how it's affecting me. It's almost my whole body is full of scarring and bruising. So um, this uh, is uh, an interesting question. So the whole thing of scar removal, I think I, I think I was, um, feel that this patient uh, felt, well, I feel like I was a bit negative, really, because scar, scar, you can't remove scars. So scar removal is not really a thing. You can revise scars. You can make scars better, but you've got to 
realize that when you're a surgeon, all you do is make scars. So the bottom line for this person who's got scars all over their body, suffers from mixed connective tissue diseases, they've got reasons for hyperpigmentation and scarring, is that I think that if we were to revise them, they'd go the same way. Now, one question I did ask is, uh, did they, they have any problems in terms of when they first had the scars, when the scars were fresh and red, did they get in the sun? Because if they got in the sun when the scars were fresh and red, that can cause hyperpigmentation of scars. That can cause scars to go brown. So if there's a reason for the scarring to have a problem, then you're more likely to want to revise it. So if they had gone in the sun, if they hadn't gone in the sun, but if they had and got the, the scars were brown then, then it would be possible to size the scars, close the scars and say, don't get in the sun this time. And hopefully that will be better. Uh, similarly, if you get an infection in the scar, and if it gets hypertrophic, very red and raised, if it was infected and took a long time to heal, then you think, well, that's a reason for it to get like that. If we can revise it and not have that problem, then there's a good chance we'll get a better scar. So if there is a reason for the scarring to be bad, then we're more likely to want to revise it. If it's just because it's the way your body scars, which is what it sounds like in this case, this patient's got connective tissue disorder and they're on medication, which might get, make them easily bruised, then we're not gonna be able to change that. So if we can't change that and we just cut out your scars and give you new scars, they're probably gonna go the same way. So scar revision is really if, uh, if um, they've said they want laser removal of scars. Now laser is good for specific things. So laser targets certain pigments. So particularly for scars, it can target the red pigment. So it can help with red scars. Now I have to say most red scars settle on their own. They may take a year or even 18 months for them to really properly settle, but um, they usually settle on their own. Now laser can help that. We don't do laser here at the clinic. Well, not, not in the clinic, but in the clinic. Um, but laser is good for red scars, but often red, the redness will settle. Uh, it doesn't remove the scars. Nothing can remove the scars. All we can do is change the scars. Uh, so if there's a problem with them, if they're, in a, if they're dented in, if they're lumpy and raised, if they're in a funny line, if they're in a bad position, we can change the position position of the scar, we can maybe help with lumpy scars, maybe help with puckered scars, maybe help with dented scars, um, but we can't remove them, we can only change them. So I think sometimes the sort of cosmetic camouflage makeup and things is the way to go. So uh, I don't know if I've said hello to you, Khan, but you've said hello to me, so I'm going to say hello to you. Hi, Khan, I see you here today, tonight, it's late, isn't it? Late one tonight. Uh, IMF position of scar. Um, I think what this means is talking about breast implants. IMF, getting a bit, getting a bit technical there. IMF stands for inframammary fold. Inframammary, so below breast fold. The fold where your bra sits, basically. And I think this is, I can't, this is um, a patient, I, I think they've seen scars that are low and things and they may be asking where should you put the scar. So the scar usually will sit either in the fold, in that inframammary fold, or slightly above it. You don't want the scar below it. Now, you might have seen, you may not have seen actually, because it was a talk I gave to a load of doctors, but I was talking recently about how you often have to lower the fold, and sometimes you have to make the incision in a place that looks like it's way below the inframammary fold. Well, it often is way below the inframammary fold you have currently, but when you have implants, because the implant has to be centered on the nipple, sometimes the inflammatory fold needs to be lowered to accommodate the implant, because if you didn't lower the inflammatory fold, the implant would sit high and the nipple would be at the lower border of the breast and look weird. Um, so 
sometimes you have to lower the fold. So sometimes the incision looks like it's below your inframary fold. Well, it is below your current inframary fold, but we aim to end it to be sitting either in or slightly above the inframary fold. You don't really want it below the inframary fold, because if it's below the inframary fold, then it's on the, the uh, sort of abdominal wall and you can sort of see it from the front on. But when it's in the fold or slightly above it, then, um, then it is uh, it's less less easy to see and um, and um, um, <laughs> my phone's just run out of battery. Sorry. If it's on it or slightly above it, there's the vlog. <laughs> Uh, it's not on our batteries, it's on our iPhone storage. I mean, come on, what is that about? How can my iPhone cloud storage be full? What is iCloud storage? What is it? I don't know. Where is the iCloud? I don't know. Have I got an iCloud? Can I go and empty that storage? It's full, apparently. Anyway, hey ho. So, um, yeah, when the scar is in the fold or slightly above it, you can't see it from the front. You have to sort of get, get, get down and see it from underneath. And sometimes, I mean, it's slightly above it is good because the bra strap, can, the bra wire can irritate you if it's right on it. But uh, on it or slightly above is where the position of the scar is for a breast augmentation with an inframary scar. Is that all right? That's fine. Um, Pain this is because we've had some people who've had pain and some people have had no pain and it's really tough and not quite so right what i'm going to say about this i haven't really thought this through you know um what i'm going to say is um hi zoe nice to see you here tonight i hope i'm making sense um so um it is difficult and everyone's different and sometimes you say to people oh this is quite painful and they say it was fine i don't know what the fuss was out and sometimes you say oh it's not going to be too bad it's all soft tissues and they say it was really bad most surgery plastic surgery anyway is soft tissue surgery so it's usually not too bad and if it is bad it's just for the first day or so um certainly if you're having your boat a bilateral procedure so uh, both sides if you've got pain in both sides, that's a good sign. So if you're having, you know, people will often say, you know, you have an infection with a breast implants, we're very wide about that. So if it gets red, if it gets swollen, if it gets tender, then let me know. And then, you know, the day after surgery, people say, hold on, I hit my breast are a bit red, they're a bit swollen, they're a bit tender. Oh my God, I've got infection, disaster, you know. But if it's both of them, it's very unlikely to be a problem. Similarly, you talk about hematomas where one swells up. And you say, oh my God, they're swollen. But if they're both swollen, you're very unlikely to have bilateral infection or bilateral hematomas. So if they're both doing the thing, then uh, it's, it's unlikely to be a, a, a problem. If one is significantly different to the other, then that is something to, to talk about. Um, but one is always more swollen than the other. So I won't worry too much about it. But the thing is, is that if you're worried, it's only for the first day or so after surgery, just give us a ring, um, come and see us and we'll check it out if you think, particularly things are getting worse. You know, obviously when you have the surgery, painkillers and all that, if you should be a day by day, things are getting better. But if day by day, things are getting worse, you think, hold on a minute, this isn't right. But it, it is a bit uncomfortable and it can be uncomfortable um, to move and, and what have you and um, to, to, to do things in the first week post-surgery of any surgery. Is that helpful? Oh, Jade's come in with a question. Is that all right for the pain expectation? I don't really know. 
I don't know what the specific, well, I think the specifics was a patient's had a breast augmentation who's having some pain, but I think, yeah, it is normal. Um, but just come and see if, it's, if you're worried. You know, no problems, no harm coming to see us. And then this, then you rest, then you're assured. But you might just want to be reassured over the phone because you might say, I don't want to come and see you because I don't want to get in the car and have to drive and all that, or, you know, be driven. So, yeah, whatever, just give us a ring. Um, Jade, will the surgeon be able to tell before surgery the likelihood of having a small vertical scar on a tummy tuck? Is this common and is this done because of less skin above the belly button? I hope this makes sense. It makes total and utter sense, Jade. The surgeon will have an idea whether you might need it, yeah. Um, although won't absolutely be able to tell until you're actually there, but they might say, mm, I think I might need to use a vertical extension. Um, it's not common at all, and it's different for different people. We had a discussion at one of the meetings uh, a couple of years ago about you know, whether people would do it or not, and some people say they would av avoid doing it if they can. Some people would say they have a low threshold to actually do it. Um, and we do it because of the because, as you say, not enough skin above the belly button, not enough skin, and the skin's quite tight. So it's people who haven't got a lot of lax skin, so you can't get it all the way down. So you have to make a little instead of you won't, you don't take as much skin as you would have taken. Um, you take slightly less skin, and obviously because there's a slit where your belly button was, that slit encloses down and forms a little vertical scar. Um, the problem with it is you can get problem with delayed healing at that t-junction where that vertical bit meets the horizontal bit um i don't like it personally but um but you know some people um think it's a good thing and, and i would rather try and close it tighter and sort of bend you more but um but you know different strokes for different folks and um, some people think it's a good thing which means that it's not there's no right answer anytime there's lots of opinions means there's no right opinion um so get my lunchbox um but yeah, it's not that common, but it is if you've got a quite tight skin. So that's the paradox of it. It's for people who've actually got a better abdomen, better quality skin, tighter skin, less uh, um, laxity, and more likely to need that scar, uh, that, that uh, vertical uh, extension. I uh, hope that's answered, Jade. But feel free to come back to me if, or, you know, come back on comment if, you, if I've not gone, uh, clarify anything. Um, uh, Effects of GA postoperatively. What are these questions? What does that mean? Effects of GA postoperatively. Um, well, GA does knock you back a bit, <laughs> especially if having a long one, tummy tuck, especially if it's like a tummy tuck with a breast thing uh, or a big op like that, does knock you back and it can knock you back for weeks. People think, oh, I should be out of my system by now. I don't really know how that works, to be honest with you, because the drugs will be out of your system. Um, but it, it does not be I think the whole, I think the whole thing of having surgery is quite psychologically um, draining, you know, emotionally draining. And I think whether you realise it or not, once you've had the surgery, it can be like your body will be like, you know, you've been so worried about it. Whether you think you've been worried about it or not, I think it'd be, you know, very uncommon for people not to be really. Um, you know, psychologically charged thing, or psychologically might be the wrong word, emotionally, you know. So it takes it out of you. So when you have it done, I think it's like together with the effects of the anesthetic and everything. So it does take a while for, for you to get back on your feet, both physically, but also emotionally. Don't want to get too deep here, but you know, it does, it does. Don't underestimate it. 
that's why you should sort of always have it done when you're in a sort of emotionally stable position. It's not good to have it done when you're not emotionally stable because it can be emotionally um, draining. I've seen it surgery. I'm kind of assuming my yeah. I know, I know my audio works. I shouldn't say it. Um, Madge, now, this is someone who commented on my YouTube video saying, I've got some moles on my face. I've got three moles on my mouth, I think they said. How can I have them removed naturally? And I see this a lot on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know if it's just the stuff that I search for. I get all these things. And I say, I think natural, natural removal of moles. Um, what does that mean, natural removal of moles? Can I get them removed naturally? What does that mean? I think that means by putting some stuff on them. Is that what they mean when they say naturally? Um, no, you can't, you can't sort of remove, well, you can put stuff on them, but that's not natural. I don't know what it means, natural removal of moles. Moles are pigment cells. They are melanin melanocytes, which are cells with melanin in it, which is the pigment that we get in our skin. And they're normal melanocytes, which are throughout your, everyone's skin melanocytes are throughout your skin and they are just conglomerations of, of melanocytes basically they are groups of of these pigment producing cells in a in an area which then forms a, a brown mark um, and there are different levels of the skin but they're all within the layers of the skin so if you're going to get rid of a mole you have to get rid of these cells which are within the layers of the skin so you have to destroy that tissue those layers of skin so you can destroy that tissue you can destroy tissue lots of ways you can burn it you can cut it out you can put acid on it you can freeze it there's loads of ways you can destroy the skin but they're all doing the same thing they're destroying the skin none of it's natural so you someone might say you can put this stuff on it and get rid of a mole well that stuff you're putting on it is going to destroy the skin somehow however way i don't know what these creams or these stuff that people talk about on these youtube videos but um it's not natural but it is a way of removing the the mole and it will leave a mark you can call it what you will a scar a mark it's got to leave a mark or some kind of mark um and because that layer that that skin has to be removed and then that that will heal so um you know uh, we remove them surgically which i think is the best way to remove it i don't think it's good to remove them at home um it's good practice to send them off for histology especially brown moles to check they're all okay um and um in a sterile to remove it in a sterile environment so um but you know i think i don't know so you you can't remove moles naturally but you can buy stuff that will remove them but it will be stuff that will damage the skin because it has to damage the skin if it's going to get rid of the mole. So however you do it, whether it's with a laser which burns it, whether it's with cryotherapy which freezes it, whether it's with a knife by shaving it or curataging it or cutting it out, whatever, whichever way, none of it's natural, but it's destroying that bit of skin. It's helpful. Jade's back in here. Brilliant. Thank you. I haven't had a consultation yet, but when I look at my abdomen, I don't see how it will be stretched enough. You'd be surprised, Jade you would be surprised. But you, while I say that, you might not, it might not be stretched enough. You might not be a candidate for a full tummy tuck. That's the other thing. Maybe a mini tummy tuck will be the way to go because then you don't have that effect. You don't have the problem with the, with the belly button at all. You leave the belly button where it is, particularly if your fullness is in the, from the belly button down. If your skin from the belly button up is tight, then a mini tummy tuck may be the way to go um, rather than having a full tummy tuck with a vertical extension. 
so that's another option. But um, but um, you'd be surprised how much we can. We we bend the table, we break bend you in two and pull it down tight. But yeah, you might not have enough. Um, I'm really sorry. That's all I've got. Five questions. Oh, where's that last question? Well, that last question slide didn't go down well last time, did it? In fact, I'm past the last question. I can't find it now. Where is it? Oh, that was number 10. I had 10 questions last week. Blimey. I've done my last question. Has anyone got any questions? Sorry about this. Is it because I'm late? It's because it's Christmas, isn't it? What am I doing? I'm sat here in an empty theatre. Just had my lunch. It's eight o'clock at night. It's a week before Christmas. Honestly, plastic surgeon. You wouldn't think a plastic surgeon would be doing this sort of thing, would you? I wouldn't think it anyway. Life is deals funny, deals you a funny hand sometimes, and you just got to roll with it, I guess. Um, so, I guess I'm going to pack up. Um, I've seen my patients. Actually, I haven't seen my last one. I've got to go back and see him. He was asleep and I went to see him. So I'm going to see him, check he's okay, see my post-ops, check they're okay. And then I'm going to head for the hills, my friends. So, um, Jade, you get the gold star today for three comments, Jade. And a lovely question. And good luck with your consultation. Um, and thank you all for being here. And I'm sorry I'm late. Feel like I let people down from being late. I'm sorry that I was operating. What can I do? Oh God! Good God! <laughs> right, uh, that isn't a cue to leave. I don't know what is. Right then. So um, thank you all for for being here. I'm going to check out. And I'll, oh, I, that's right. I will see you next week. It's Christmas. Happy Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, week after is Zoe's put ah Christmas tree emoji. Love it. Where did you get the Christmas tree emoji from? Is that it? Um, oh, sorry. Um, I won't see you next week because it is Christmas. Uh, the week after is going to be... The week after is going to be uh, New Year, so probably not New Year's Day, isn't it? Have to be a sad to do it on New Year's Day. I'm not going to do it on New Year's Day. Um, I am going to do it. It's going to be the week after, which is going to be the is it the seventh? Is it? Yeah, seventh. No, Tuesday, isn't it? Eighth. I'm going to my diary now. January eighth. Week after is the eighth. So eighth of January uh, is the next one. Khan, have a lovely Christmas. If you've got any questions, Facebook me. I will answer them directly on Facebook, but then it was good to do this on this Tuesday night thing. Uh, 2019 is going to be a banger. Look out for the vlog, the daily vlog. I was just videoing it just now. This was going to be part of the vlog. Okay, so my iCloud storage is full, but sort that out for 2019. And, um, yeah, I'm checking out. Um, good night. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. A question not covered in today's show? Then send it over to info at styanoplasticsurgery.co.uk using the hashtag AskJJ. We'd love to hear from you.